Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. Father, we love you. We worship you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Take the preeminence. Have your way in our midst. Let none of us leave the other same. Speak and minister life unto everyone. And as many as are watching online, Father, touch them. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have our seats. We are welcome to his presence. Let's have our seats. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. The book of Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And we've been talking about utterance for, I mean, maybe about two weeks. As part of our discussion on the Holy Spirit and new beginnings. And when we were rounding up last week, we said, yes, the Holy Spirit gives utterance. And we've discussed utterance at length. We said you can pray for it. We say utterance comes with knowledge. We said last week last we said there are some virtues that accompany utterance. Let's, I mean, in addition to knowledge, we said faith comes with utterance. And some other virtues that we listed. But then we ended by asking a question. If the Holy Spirit gives utterance, who is the Holy Spirit? And that's what we want to continue upon this morning. Because the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not just a feeling. Remember, brethren, the Bible says God is what? God is? In John 4, 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must do what? Must worship him in spirit and in truth. We need that to understand how God as a spirit relates with us in body. We say human beings, we are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. We have, I mean, three, I mean uh, in, in three ways. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to show us how a God who is a spirit can relate to you and I, human beings. So that we can say, this is how Jesus did it. This is how I can do it. It's very important. So this morning, we go back to that question. Who is the Holy Spirit? The pastor says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I hope we know Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit is the same. So everything that happened beginning from the day of Pentecost was centered around the workings and the activities of the Holy Spirit. And so the first thing we need to take note of is that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. He's not an it. You know, many at times because if many of us as children of God don't understand the workings of the Holy Spirit in us, when he's working with us, when he's speaking unto us, number one, we don't pay attention. Number two, when we see the consequences of our lack of attention, we now say, oh, and something was telling me. Tell somebody he is not something. 
Something was telling me, no, it's because we have not trained ourselves to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a person. Is a person. And he has got some distinctive characteristics or marks of personality, which are three of them here. Knowledge, feeling or emotion, and will. Three attributes of personality that the Holy Spirit has. Number one is what? Knowledge. Number two is what? Feeling or emotion. And number three, will. Will. So the first thing on that subtopic is that the Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit does what? He knows. He knows. That's why you see in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10. The Bible says, but God has revealed them unto us by, the, by his spirit. For the spirit searched all things. Yeah, the what? The deep things of God. Go to verse 11. Verse 11. He said, for what man knoweth the things of God, save the spirit of man and of which is in him? Even so, the things of God, sorry, I'm mixing it up. What man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even though the things of God knoweth no man, but what? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is a, is a spirit of knowledge. He knows. That's why when you go to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 3, we know the story in 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2. Hannah needed a child. It got to a point that, I mean, she couldn't live in peace in, in the house because the other woman was always taunting her. And she went to the Lord and said, give me a son and I'll do what? And I'll do what? I will give him back unto you. And God answered our prayers. God will answer your prayers. Amen. I said, God will answer your prayers. Amen. So God gave her that son. And the Bible makes us to understand that she had more children in addition to the son who was Samuel. So 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 3 says, Talk no more exceeding proudly. Let no arrogance come out of your mouth. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 3. He said, for the Lord is a God of knowledge. And by him, what happens? Brother, that's very important. God is a God of what? He knows where you've been throughout this week. He knows where you were this morning. He knows where you plan to go after this service. Our God is what? A God of knowledge. The Holy Spirit knows. He cannot be deceived. That's why the Bible says, be not deceived. Who is not mocked? God is not mocked. Say, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Whatsoever a woman soweth, that shall he also reap. And brethren, sowing and reaping could be as simple as in the same day, or it could be in 10 years, it could be in 20 years, it could be transgenerational. I hope we know that. That's why, I mean, the things some of us are going through is not because you have sinned. It's because either your father, your grandfather, or great-grandfather went into a covenant that has been in, I mean, impairing our, our, our progress. But God will touch you today. Amen. I say God will touch you today. Amen. The Holy Spirit is a God of knowledge. It's a spirit of knowledge. He knows. He knows. Psalm 139. 
from verse 6 to verse 11. We know that passage very well. I'm only going to read verse 6. He says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. He's talking about the knowledge of the Spirit of God. Then he begins to say, where will I go? Where can I go that I may say I am away from this Spirit? There's nowhere I can hide. He said, even if I go into the darkness, darkness will be what? Will be a light unto him. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of knowledge. The Holy Spirit knows and is part of the attributes of his personality. The second thing, remember we mentioned three things there. We said knowledge, feeling or emotion, and will. The second thing there is that the Holy Spirit has a will. The Holy Spirit has what? He has a will. He is a person. Infinitely wise. Infinitely mighty. He's willing to take possession of you. Possession of who? He's willing to take possession of you and use you according to his own perfect will. That's very important. He, ha he cannot be limited. He's willing. See, because we talk of the Holy Spirit, many of us want a spirit that I mean, or a God, of course, that we can use. Is that not what we want? That's why our prayers are always, God, do this for me, do this for me, do this for me. When you finish doing that, do this one. In Jesus' name, amen. But he desires more than that. He's a divine person. He never errs. What does that mean? No error. The Holy Spirit does not make any mistake. You know, somebody, uh, uh, they, someone told us a story. When someone said he will so offend God, that when he gets to heaven, God will be so angry at him, that when God wants to throw him to hell, because God threw him angrily, he will land where? He said he will, no, he said he will not land in heaven. He said God will be so angry with him that when God wants to throw him to hell, because of the anger with which God has thrown him, he will not land in hell. Can anybody be can, can anybody offend God more than the devil? It's not possible. If God cannot make mistake in the judgment of the devil, he can't make mistake in anybody. The Holy Spirit does not err. He does not make any mistake. But he's willing to fellowship with us. And he's willing to give unto us. That's very important. That's very important. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, the Bible says, after listing all the nine, uh, 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 what do we call them? Uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. After listing all the nine, he said now, the whole, I mean, all this worketh, that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man, severally as what? As he will. When the Bible started listing those to give, it said, but to one is given the word of wisdom. To another person, the word of knowledge. To one, the gift of faith. To another, prophecy. To one, diverse tongues. Interpretation of tongues. The gifts of healing. The working of miracles. He now says, these are gifts. But the Holy Spirit decides who he wants to give. And what he gives to you, is not necessarily what he gives to me. There's only one gift the Bible says we should, env we should be envious of. And what is that? Love. 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 Strive to love. 
he might decide that he wants to make my brother here a teacher. And he wants to make my sister here an evangelist. And he wants to make my brother there a prophet. Your own uh, 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 desire is not to begin to envy the gift that God has given to someone else. When the Lord said to Isaiah, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? What did Isaiah say? He said, here I am. Send me. Send me. I've been preaching for long. If you need someone to send, do what? Send me. I'm available. I'm available. And that's it. He will send you the way he desires. The way he wants. And the problem with many of us is we want to tell him how he should send us. The Holy Spirit operates quietly but is very authoritative. One thing he does not do, he does not condone disobedience. Thank God for the, for the era of grace that we live in. Oh, he's patient, but at the same time, he works with time. The Spirit of God will not abandon you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we said the first thing we said, the Holy Spirit has a mind. Has a mind. Romans 8.27 Romans 8.27 says, and he that searcheth the hearts of men I mean, he that searcheth the hearts of men I mean, the heart, knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So there is a mind of the spirit and he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Because when you go to verse 26, the Bible tells us that we don't know how to pray. Tell somebody I don't know how to pray. He said, for the Holy Spirit helps what? Our infirmities. He helps our infirmities. That's why he searches. He goes to the depth. What is it that God wants to do through this brother? What is it that God wants to give through this brother? You cannot live a successful Christian life outside the orbit of the Holy Spirit. Next thing we need to take note of, brethren, is that the Holy Spirit loves. He does what? He loves. And we are very familiar with the love of God. Is that not so? God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son. But the Holy Spirit also loves. In Romans chapter 15, verse 30. Romans 15, verse 30. Romans 15, verse 30. He said, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, for the love of the Spirit. For what? The love of the Spirit. That you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. It is the love of the Spirit, brethren, that convicts you about sin. It's the love of the Spirit that makes you, when you want to sin, you say, oh, do you realize that Jesus died? Jesus shed his blood because of sin? It is the love of the Spirit that tells you, don't do it, because what you're about to do will grieve, not even him, the Lord. The Holy Spirit loves and by virtue of that love, he convicts of sin. He makes us to realize where we are and what we ought to do that will glorify the name of the Lord. 
The fifth point I want to make on, I'm still on, on this personality is that the Holy Spirit is intelligent and good. The Holy Spirit is what? He's intelligent and good. Intelligent and good. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 20. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 20. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 20. Nehemiah 9. He said, Thou gavest also thy good spirit. Tell somebody good spirit. He said to instruct them and withheld not thy manner from their mouth. We know what manner is, right? In simple terms, what is manner? Food. So you see what we are saying? His intelligence is good. And you gave them water for their fast. He was talking about the journey of the children of God through the wilderness. Remember the Bible says that God was present with them by day in a pillar of cloud and by night it was a pillar of fire. That was the presence of the Spirit of God in their midst. He's intelligent. He's good. He knows what you need. Do you realize that? Do you know, realize that he knows what you need? While you are planning, we'll say you are making strategic plans for the next 10 years. He already has a strategic, um, a strategic plan for the next 30 years. Hey, you are in the spirit. He has a plan written for the last time. But you know where we default? We don't go to him to ask him. And many a times what we want to do is draw up our own plan and say, God, this is for you. Do what? <laughs> Approve it. Stamp it. Put a stamp of approval on it. <laughs> and they'll be looking at you and say, but this is not my plan. Rather than going before him and saying, Lord, what should I do? Do you realize there's an adage in Hausa language that says, whoever asks cannot miss road. Ah, you know what you have it? Ah, you have it in Igbo too. Okay, so they must have it everywhere. <laughs> when you ask, you cannot miss your way. Brethren, it is so when you are on a journey, it is so spiritually, it is so on this Christian race. We're in October. And many of us are already preparing, thinking, what we'll do next year. You know all those, uh, uh, what do they call it? New Year resolutions that never fly. The ones you wrote in January. How far have you gone? Ask your neighbor. How far have you gone? Those resolutions you wrote in January. Because I'm sure many of us wrote resolutions. How far have you gone with them? As you prepare for what you desire and what you want to do next year, why don't you first go before the Lord and say, Father, what's your plan for me? What do you want me to do? You know, many of us think that, you know, the Holy Spirit talks to Pastor Deboe. That's a general verse, yeah. And <laughs> me, I've never heard his voice. So I don't think he wants to talk to me. I'm too small. Is that the Holy Spirit we're talking about? He talks to everybody. He talks to everybody at our own level. If you ask him, he could give you a word. You may just, I mean, you are just doing your own thing and a Bible passage comes to your mind. Don't ignore it. Tell somebody, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. That's how the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. He's teaching you. The problem many of us have is the Bible passage will be dropped in your mind and you will conclude it is from where? Shakespeare. And since you've concluded it's from Shakespeare, you won't even look for it. But it's a word of God that is meant to give you guidance. I, I told us last week, 
I shared the story of Kenneth Hagin, right? The word he received from God in Mark 11, that was, that was not only the word of healing for him, Mark 11, 23 and 24, it was the word he preached all his life. And he died at the age of 86. And he received this word at the age of 17. He came into it. That was his remark. And brethren, many a times God wants to talk to us. But we are not ready to listen. He wants to guide you. He wants to. The Holy Spirit is good. He's good. The Bible says he's a good spirit to do what? To instruct. Instruct means he will give you direction. He will tell you what to do and you don't know what to do. And I've shared quite a number of, remember the story I shared with us about that lady? She was sitting before the panel of judges for her final year medical exams. Everybody that came before her failed. And they asked her a question. And the answer was, you take the pulse of the patient. But she didn't know the answer like all before her. But she was a child of God. And they, it was a timed question. So she, I mean, was looking at her wristwatch. And the professors thought she was saying, take the pulse. And they started clapping for her. That was how she passed, though. You will pass in Jesus' name. Yeah. I said you will pass in Jesus' name. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He will instruct you many a times. Not, not the way you are prepared. But that's who he is. You can put him in a bottle. Even the devil will try to predict him. Do you realize that? And like somebody said, in terms of experience, I can guarantee you there's nobody here as experienced as the devil. Anybody? Anybody who is more experienced than the devil? <laughs> How old are we? How old are you? The man dealt with uh, Adam in the Garden of Eden. He has been dealing with human beings since that time. None of us is as experienced as the devil. But we have an advantage. We have an authority over him by virtue of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. The Bible says, greater is he that is where? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Who is he that is in the world? He's the devil. Remember, he has no hiding place. He has no resting place. The Bible says he does what? He goes to and fro. He's the first homeless man in this world. That's why there are so many homeless people. The Bible calls the devil the prince of this world. And if he's the prince of this world, he can't be homeless alone. He's got, he's got to have many people homeless with him. Go to the streets of Toronto. Go to downtown Bali. All those people that are struggling with one thing or the other, ask them their life history. Don't go and do it though, because some of them are dangerous. <laughs> some of them are dangerous. If they tell you their life history, you realize that some of these people were one in, once upon a time corporate executives. Is that that drug? Uh, divorce? And which other thing makes them to fall? Some of them is say, uh, what's this thing? Uh, Kalo Kalo, what do they call that thing? Gambling, Gambling yes. Yes. And it strips them of all dignity. It strips them of any value. And you know, in the, the housing system here is no mercy. You can't pay your mortgage, they will sell the house. You can't pay your rent, they will do what? They will evict the person. Before they know it, they're on the street. 
because their master is the number one homeless man in the universe. That's why the Bible says, vanity upon vanity. All is vanity. The Holy Spirit is intelligent and good. Number six, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. And we need to take note of that. He can be what? He can be grieved. He can be grieved. He's a holy person who comes to dwell in our hearts. And brethren, he sees clearly every act we perform, every word we speak, every thought we entertain, even the fleeting fancies we allow to pass through our mind. He sees it all. He knows it all. He's not there for your downfall. No. On the contrary, he's here for your lifting up. And you'll be lifted in Jesus' name. All those things you check on your cell phone that had your cell phone to have three, uh, uh, zip three full passwords so that your wife cannot open it. And you think you are covered. Is that not so? Uh, that's what many of our men do. They think if you pass through this gate, you cannot pass through this one. If you pass through number two, she can't pass through the third one. And you are excited. The Holy Spirit sees you. God sees. Can you ask a man, not a woman now, a man beside you, ask him, what are you hiding? <laughs> Whatever you think you are hiding, the Holy Spirit sees it. And it can be grieved. It can be grieved. You are not going to put on the computer until your wife is sleeping. Because you know what you are watching on the computer, she must not catch you watching it. Tell one brother beside you, repent. Uh, don't be afraid. I'm the one sending you. Tell a brother beside you, repent. repent. Now, if we say you should pray at 12 midnight, ah, you say, ah, today's work was hectic. When it's time for prayer, that's when you want to sleep. But when you want to go and watch your secret files on the internet, your eyes are wide open. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. Can be grieved. That's what the Bible says. Ephesians 4.30 Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. If you are a child of God, you will be sensitive to, sensitive to anything that can grieve the Holy Spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit takes possession of you, in, you will live a successful life in this world. Do you realize that? A very successful life. If you learn to ask him, I mean, before you take any step in life, oh, you cannot, I mean, you can't, what's the word? You can't go wrong. It's very important. He will guide you. That's one of the things we are going to be talking about later. And we're going to list a few, a few uh, acts that only a person can, can, can perform that are ascribed to the Holy Spirit in the Bible. A few what? Acts that only a person can perform that are ascribed to the Holy Spirit in the Bible. 
One of them we mentioned earlier on. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says, This Holy Spirit is searches. He does what? You know, the Bible says, The secret things belong to who? Belong to our God. Those that He has revealed, they are for our own good. That we may profit thereby. Yeah, Deuteronomy 29 29. The Holy Spirit searches. You know, when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we talk of the word of wisdom, which is a revelation of things to come. The word of knowledge is a revelation of things that have happened, things that have occurred. God exposing secrets. And some secrets are things that are holding men and women in bondage. When God exposes them, the people are set free. The Holy Spirit searches. Second is that the Holy Spirit speaks. He does what? He speaks. Revelation 2 7. Revelation 2 7. He said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. In other words, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying unto you today. There's a message. Tell somebody there's a message for you. The Holy Spirit speaks. He speaks. Number three, he cries in our hearts. He cries where? In our hearts. The Holy Spirit does not like being ignored, brethren. He doesn't. He doesn't. Galatians 4 6. Galatians 4 6. Says, and because you are sons, in other words, the only people that this will not apply to are those who are not what? sons, or who are not daughters. If you are a son of God, if you are a daughter of God, he said because you are sons, or because you are daughters, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying what? Abba, Father. It's a cry unto God. It's a cry for attention. You see, the spirit can cry unto God for you or against you. When you are walking in the dictates of God, and this is, I mean, it's like uh, our general myself was saying, maybe at times he's walking, he hits his leg against a stone, he says, ah, Father, what is wrong? The Bible says that he will give his angels charge over me. I should not be hitting my leg against a stone. And he knows what he's saying. If God will call a conference concerning you today, what would the Spirit of God say? <laughs> would they say that's a faithful son or a faithful daughter? I would say, ah, that one. Oh, we got in the right person. Ah, who is this? I don't know this person. You know, that's why you say concerning some people. The Bible says he will tell some people, depart from me. For I know you not. That will be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit prays. The Holy Spirit does what? He prays. He prays. Romans 8.26. I mentioned it earlier on. Romans 8.26. He said, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities because we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings we cannot be uttered. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, the Spirit makes intercession with what? With groanings. 
what I, and I see that some of us, instead of saying allowing the Holy Spirit to groan as he want, we, we decide to do what? We decide to groan. In fact, some of us learn to groan. Uh, a brother of mine, when he begins to pray, he like, <coughs> I say he's praying. It's between him and God. I am not the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says, the Holy Spirit maketh intercession for us with God. The Holy Spirit intercedes with groanings which cannot be uttered. What does it mean when you say something is uttered? It's spoken. Say, but there are groanings that cannot be uttered, which is by way of the, I mean, the, the Holy Spirit interceding for you and I. Before who? Before who? Before God. See, when the Holy Spirit is interceding, he's taking a cue from someone. And who is that person? Jesus. Because that Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Hebrews 7, 25. The Bible says, wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So, Jesus is interceding for you. True or false? And the Holy Spirit is what? Interceding for you. You see how important you are? Tell somebody you are important. Paramenter, your neighbor did not tell you. Tell the, your neighbor, I am, I am important. You are important in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus is interceding for you. The Holy Spirit is interceding for you. And there is no limiting the presence and action of the Holy Spirit. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now, he said, don't sin. He said, but if we sin, we have an advocate. Now, when he said, but if we sin, we have an advocate, does that, is that a license to go and sin? And the Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What is the answer the Bible gave? The Bible did not say no. What, what did he say? Uh -huh. Because there's a difference between no and He said, God forbid. God, we don't have a license to sin. When you go to the book of uh, Numbers, the Bible tells us, defines sin as something that is done in ignorance. In other words, you don't know it is wrong, and you do it. When you now realize it is wrong, oh, say, oh, I have done something wrong. And now say, okay, uh, bring uh, uh, a meat offering and this offering and that to, to correct the error that you have done. That was for them in the Old Testament. That's why in the New Testament and in the present dispensation, we have the Holy Spirit. He talks to us. He whispers to us. He guides us and he directs us. And he's still doing it. He has not stopped. He has not stopped. He has not stopped. The fifth one, and then we'll continue next, next Sunday. The Holy Spirit testifies or gives testimony. He does what? He testifies. He testifies. In John 15, 26. John 15, 26. He said, for when the comforter is come, 
whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. So the Holy Spirit testifies of who? Of who? Of Jesus. It's Jesus that is speaking there. The Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. Now, when you now go to uh, uh, verse 27 of that passage, he says, and you also shall bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So the Holy Spirit will testify of Jesus to the disciples. The disciples will now bear witness and say, ah, I have a testimony. This is what God has done for me. I have a testimony by the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit. This is what, that's why the Bible says they overcame him. By what? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Someone here will have a testimony. Amen. I said someone here will have a testimony. Amen. A glorious testimony for that matter. Amen. The Holy Spirit testifies. He gives you the word. He gives you the direction. He gives you the instruction. Remember that he is good. And that's why, brethren, as a child of God, you cannot afford to continue to live this Christian life without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You need him as a friend. You need him as a counselor. You need him as a guide. You need him as an instructor. Remember, we started talking about what? The Holy Spirit and new beginnings. So that he can guide you, so that you can, the Bible says, Better is the end of a thing than what? Than the beginning thereof. You need the Holy Spirit. And he will guide and keep you to the end in Jesus' name. Let's bow down our heads. I want you to talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. The songwriter says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, you are welcome. Why don't you tell him that he's welcome? Why don't you welcome him? Speak to him. He wants to be your friend. Remember what we say in the grace? We say the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship. The Holy Spirit desires to fellowship with you. He desires to, I mean, to that every point in time you can make reference to him. Remember how Jesus was born? When the angel spoke to Mary, he said, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. The power of the highest shall overshadow you. He said, therefore, that one which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit empowered Mary to have Jesus. If the Holy Spirit works in you as he ought to, Oh, you have a new song. You have a new testimony. Why don't you go before him right now? Open your heart to him. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. If you've not given your life to Christ, you are not ready for any move of the Holy Spirit. Are you here today? You are not born again? That's the starting point. Or are you watching us online? You are not born again. The first point of call is that you give your life to Christ. Otherwise, you have no place for the Holy Spirit. The first work of the Holy Spirit in you as a good spirit, is that he convicts. He tells you that sin is wrong. He tells you that give your life to Christ and he will move in your situation. 
touch the throne of grace. You want to give your life to Christ? You want to raise up your hand where you are? If you are watching online, just say with me as we pray together that Lord Jesus, I come before you this moment. I say, come into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. Every attraction between me and the devil, I terminate in the name of Jesus. Take hold of my life. I want to enjoy the comforting presence of the Holy Spirit. Move in my situation. Write my name in the book of life. And beginning from this day, let me enjoy the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Father, we thank you. We worship you. We lift your name on high. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. I commend everyone present there into your hands that you will touch your children. That this could be a different week. That this could be a unique week. That this could be a week of experience of divine presence. That Holy Spirit, you will put yourself in the lives of your children. Be glorified and be magnified, O Lord. We are prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.